All right. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome back to the Fizz the First Podcast. We're gonna we're gonna get a little live reaction after the game. Uh Jeremy, never been more disgusted in my life. Yeah, that was freaking horrible. I like our idea right now. You I called you or you called me just now to vent a little bit about the game. You're like, hey, it might be a good idea to just hop on live right now. We can get some interesting content in. So try something different today. Obviously, really unfortunate result there. Dude, yeah, I mean, that was the thing. Like, I, the thing with me is this. I actually, I swear on my life, like, I don't know what time I fell asleep. It was after two in the morning last night. Like, I was going to bed late. And I was, like, thinking about, like, what we were going to do for the Super Bowl and all that. We were talking earlier. We say this every year. Like, it's just, we're just at, you and I are stupid individuals. Like, we're sitting here planning for the freaking Super Bowl in December. And then it's the same stuff every year. Now, like, I was, I was trying to go to bed early, thought it'd be a no sweat game. And then this happens. And, yeah, that, that was the deal. I was like, are you going to sleep? We might as well just freaking record now. I, I'm a little busy tomorrow. You're busy Wednesday. That's the worst loss I've seen in my – but we were just talking about it. it. It's like a loss like this is so unbelievable. It's like the season's over. Like, who even cares what happens anymore? I don't know. Don't jump to conclusions like that right now, Jack. That was freaking horrible. I'm like, don't – this. You, you never freaking know, but that was the most disgusting football game I've seen relative as a Dolphins fan, just where the circumstances were and the lack of urgency in that game, which is what I wanted to talk to you when you called me on the phone about it. Just, I thought it was utterly disgusting there. It was horrible. I mean, like at the forefront, like what you said when we started off the Zoom two minutes ago, is that we're stupid idiots from talking about having our hopes up, talking about these nonsense things. Like I've already thought about like, I'm an idiot for even thinking this team is going to be good. Like it's back right back to the Miami heat back to December basketball, which is irrelevant. Like it's been my entire life, but um, that was insane. Just like I said, I'm kind of speechless, but let's actually get into some points. Now, the first thing I wanted to talk to you about, like I said, I thought the sense of urgency in that game was freaking horrible. Like right from the beginning, you saw this team wasn't prepared, wasn't ready to go. When you see a player like Tyree, when Tyree kill, Goes down. Yeah, he's hurt. Yeah, we don't necessarily want to rush him back in. The fans probably don't want him to come in, this and that. But the fact that he came in later in the game just, like, showed me that this team just thought they were going to win the entire game, which you can't do in the National Football League. You can't take anyone lightly, which is what this team did. They prepared all week. Like, this wasn't even going to be a game. We thought as a fan base all week that this wasn't going to be a game. And we got our mouth we got our mouth shut, and we got our asses handed off. So I just think the unpreparedness – Lack of urgency just showed on so many different levels throughout that game, dude. The play calling. Like, I remember texting you that we could talk a little bit more about. I'm like, dude, does this play calling seem a little suspect? Because without Tyree Kill, like, obviously your play calling is going to chill. Like, it needs to adjust a little bit. But this team's supposed to have a specific identity. You don't need to go away from it when your best player is out. Yeah, it sucks. They can still stay, stay true to some of those things. Like, they got so in their own heads, start playing away from their game. They weren't running the ball when they needed to. Everything was bad that game, dude. Like, you could dive in a little bit more, and we'll probably branch off some more conversation. But that game was absolutely horrible from every level possible. All dude, I, yeah, I mean, dude, the thing I, I see is this. Like, when a team like the Titans, they start doing stupid things at the end of the game, that's why they're 4-8, and because they, they, like, touch the ball on punts that they shouldn't touch, and they fumble pitches inside their own 20. And it's like you you go up fourteen points with, <laughs> with four and a half minutes left in the game, 
and and then you give up 15 points in three minutes and don't score there. There's so the thing about this, you know how big I am on the little things. Like, dude, it's there's so many things you can take from this game that just show how terrible they are. And it, again, it's the same movie over and over again. Like, what the hell? What the hell did we just watch? They come out in eight plays. There's four guys who have been hurt already, which is like already ridiculous. Obviously, Jalen Waddle actually got cracked this time, but it's the same thing with him every week. He goes to sidelines. He's back. Um, And then after all of that, yeah, one play. Dude, like, yeah, they played terrible. The play calling was awful. The defense was giving up third downs. Dude, we lost the game by one point. Um, Bradley Chubb missed a sack that would have knocked him out of field goal range. So, like, this is why I say little things. Missing the sack, they went from zero to three points. If he sacks him, they end the drive with zero points. Now, because he didn't sack him, they're going to get a field goal. They stop him. It's fourth and five. Then Bradley Chubb slams his helmet. So instead of having fourth and five at the 15, they have the ball at the five-yard line. Which uh, And then they end up scoring a touchdown. So because Bradley Chubb is brain dead and can't tackle freaking quarterbacks who aren't even dual threats, <laughs> they went from zero points to a touchdown, and we lost the game by one point. So it's it's that. and like That's just the beginning of the issue. Like As stupid as that is, you should be able to overcome that when you're playing a freaking joke of an organization that Ryan Tannehill isn't even good enough to play for. And they just didn't. Dude, I don't understand Octane at the Disgusting, end of the game. Dude. What is he doing? Just get out of bounds. Like, he you're right, but what's that play call? Why are you playing that guy in position to do that? Throwing the ball five yards behind the first down. You're, you're with four, third and two. Like, get, get the ball <laughs> up the field. You're the Dolphins. Like, don't try running from this, like – Funny-ass shit. I'm sorry for my language, but, like, it's insane. You're They're just trying to overcomplicate things, dude. Like, just, just run a normal freaking play. Like, you're feeling this guy, like, I love A-chain in space. Like, don't get me wrong. At that point in the game, you don't need to do that. Five yards behind line of scrimmage. Just, like, trust your offense. And clearly showed they had no trust. It seemed like he had no trust in his quarterback, which I don't know why he would. He was horrible that game. I don't know why McDaniel would. No, no trust in anything. No trust in Waddle. I mean, I don't even think Tyreek came in on that last play, but. At the end of the day, like we can't put anything on him this game because he didn't even freaking play, I guess, even though he probably wanted to come back in. The team just didn't want to let him. It was just an urgency, dude. Like I remember you texting me with, when we scored our first touchdown, when Mostert scored after they got that muff kick. They were celebrating. These guys are doing like races in the end zone. And they felt the game was over. They scored that touchdown. I'm like, oh, game's over. This seems horrible. They have no chance of coming back against us. I thought it was insane. Then we score another one. The team thinks it's over. And they obviously, as you see, they go down the field in 10 plays because this team just doesn't care at all. And it's like they've never played f- football before in their entire lives. That the old saying, like, the, the fat, it's never over until the fat lady sings. Like, it sounds stupid, but it's true, dude, in these football games. Anything can freaking happen. These guys clearly did not, they never learned that ever. It was insane. Dude, the thing is, yeah, I think what I think my text was, I'm trying to find it. Oh, uh, yeah, I said, not sure what the f they're celebrating. That's what I said. Yeah, I mean, dude, that's the thing. Um, it's not over till the freaking fat lady sings. And I would just like to say one of the things that's making me very angry is knowing that stupid freaking idiot with a like with mm, stupid toad from Mario Kart mushroom haircut, Bobby Cribbin, is going to bed and ha- a happy individual. But um, dude, <laughs> um, dude, the thing is, the game, a game like that, actually is over before the obese uh, female sings for good teams, teams that yeah. are 
not terrible. Mm-hmm. First of all, good teams don't do stupid celebrations after scoring their first touchdown when you were expected to score eight touchdowns. And you score your first touchdown off a muffed punt with five minutes left. And then after that, they don't score another touchdown, then give up 15 points. Dude, like, I don't even understand it. Like, third and two. Yeah, I mean, when it, that play, yeah, that play call was very stupid. And I remember, so th- that was my mindset of that play. I see the stu- the ball floating in the air. A-Chain gets it, or Ock-Chain, whatever his name is. It doesn't even matter <laughs> at this point. I don't even care. But, um, dude, he literally, he, so I'm like, all right, that play call stupid. Then he makes the first guy miss. I'm like, oh, perfect. At least he's going to get the first down. Maybe he gets out of bounds. And then I see him trying to cut back. I'm like, all right, well, I, I, it's not good. We're going to have fourth down, but he'll get out of bounds. But, no, I mean. He couldn't get out of bounds. And, dude, that's the problem with this team. It's like I have zero trust that they can execute. Like, the second he didn't get out of bounds and we had fourth and one, like, we had no chance yeah, of converting. Obviously not. With dude. a running clock. They, they weren't even going to get a freaking playoff, bro. I was surprised dude. they even snapped the ball. That's true. Yeah, that is pretty good. Yeah, Probably I mean, the be- last Better time... off not snapping the ball and taking a fourth and six there, honestly. That, that, team actually- has no, that team has no awareness to just, like, get up and make a play. Those guys are all so in their own freaking heads at the end. They knew they couldn't get it. Dude, now that I now that I think about it, our last three fourth downs that we've lost games in were <laughs> against so this game where we got a dude. sack. Dude, yeah, again, sorry to interrupt you. Like again, no, this goes good. back to coaching. You practice that stuff every single week, getting up to the line of scrimmage and converting that fourth and one with 40 seconds left. That's what you practice for. So you prepare for it. You can't execute the stuff like that time and time again. That's just a huge problem. That's all it is. If you can't make plays like that, the plays that the game in game situations of situational drills, like that's embarrassing, dude. Dude, the thing is this like it's discipline. You see it all over the freaking league. You saw it all week. You see freaking the Chiefs lost the game because their idiot Kadarius Tony, they, they the coolest touchdown of the year, maybe in the last five years in the regular season, to basically win a game, have them in contention for the one seed, and now they're probably not gonna get the one seed. Why? Because their dumb receiver couldn't line up on the line of scrimmage. Why are we losing the playoffs? Because we couldn't snap the ball within 40 seconds. And that's what I was going to say, was that our last three fourth downs that in close games, unless I'm missing one where we won a game, which I'm almost positive I'm not, where this game we got a sack. It was our best play, actually, because the game before that, we um, fumbled the snap against the Chiefs. And then the last fourth down before any of that was the – Bills game where we had the delay a game, then incompletion. You could argue yeah. that, was, and that dude, that's yeah. I mean, but that's the thing. This yeah, this team's undisciplined. They're doing stupid things. Bradley Chubb is actually an idiot. But that's the whole yeah, thing. It's multiple like, plays that he just needs to be better. He needs to be a leader. I text you saying the leaders were the problem in this game. Coaching and leadership, which go hand in hand. Chubb's one of those guys. The amount of dumb, the amount of losing plays that he made today was nuts. As a player of his caliber, of whatever caliber we thought he was. Dan Orlovsky saying Chubb's causing havoc. I, I like I what he was tackling Will Levis like it's right after he threw the ball to DeAndre Hopkins for fifty about yards. He, about when he spiked his helmet earlier in the game. In yeah, he, did he, he caused the touchdown? That's pretty good. Defensive players don't actually they do do that, dude. DeAndre Hopkins, they just like we're like oh yeah, dude right. Dude, that's the thing. I think I I I I was I jing- I mean. We can't even say that I – dude, I'm getting texts from, like – this is the other thing last night. I'm, like, thinking about all the random people I'm going to text when the Dolphins in the Super Bowl. Now I'm getting texts from random people. I haven't heard from this kid. Oh, no, actually <laughs> – actually, I did t- – I texted him on Wednesday with a few laughing emojis. My last texts with this kid were December 26th of 2021. He's a Patriots fan. I wrote, dude, Mac Jones, Patriots are terrible. 
And then he writes back just now, was waiting for a good time to answer. Now seems appropriate. The laughing emoji. Dude, this team, like you, this team. Whatever, dude, what I say to you before the game, I, I said know. to I'll you. Tell you I'll, tell the, I'll tell the public exactly what you said so they know you're you not fabricating ahead. things. You said that whether you have to lose, you're going to ride or die with this team. It's either you look like an idiot if they lose and you don't care why does it matter or if they win it all, why are you going to waste this opportunity and not look back and say, why did I not talk more? Yeah, I dude, I wouldn't want it any other way. And then uh, that was 15 minutes before the worst loss. In our time. Dude, that's the thing. That's very fitting fashion for you. That's excellent. Dude, that's the thing about this team. It's like back in the day, like before you and I knew each other, like uh, my other friend was a Dolphins fan, Daniel. Uh, he, him, and I, we would be on the phone and we would just be talking about how bad the team is. But it would go on all year, and then like we would laugh about it, like. Like we, I, I remember when we lost the Bills in 2013 when they started Dad Lewis. That was our second loss to them that year when they started Dad Lewis. We would have made the playoffs if we won one more game. We went 0 and 2 against Dad Lewis. His only two career wins that year. And um, dude, we were like on Instagram after the game, just like reading people roasting like the team in the comments. Like this, someone was like called Joe Philbin, like a half dead old man. He's like, this is this team's problem. They have a half dead old man as a coach who doesn't know what he's doing. But like. Now the team still does it to us. Like even in a year, we're like the, the dude before this game, we're the favorites to win the AFC, and here we are, like four hours later, laughing about how bad the team is because they lost to Will Levis and let him score fifteen it's, points in three minutes. The freaking joke, dude. I don't even know. One thing I do have to say about this game, we could get into it more more because we do have to talk about our quarterback at the end of the day because that's what all of our conversations always go through. I think that's what a lot of people want to hear. Like. Obviously, Tua wasn't good that game, but like I don't want to say he's the reason they lost, right? Uh, I don't know, man. You know, someone said he was awful. He was awful. Don't get me wrong. He played a horrible football game, but like, was he from all levels? Obviously, he gets the blame. He's a scapegoat. He's a quarterback. But you're just put in constant horrible situations to succeed that entire game. Time and time again, the defense wasn't helping at all, but the offense, terrible situations the entire time. Like I said, me personally, I told you a hundred times, it's not an excuse, injuries or refs. We're not talking about these things. Like, but three alignment going out is not an easy task to overcome. I get we're playing the Titans. That should not be an excuse. That's not an excuse, but like or- you could clearly cause problems. Eichenberg's the worst player in the fucking league. <laughs> Dropping yeah. the ball, dude. He's the worst ever, dude. Like, Williams, like, I'm not, like, a huge, like, football aficionado where I can tell you how good these old linemen are because, like, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know. They just see constant stuff, how good Williams is. And, like, he's having this all-pro season. I kind of just blow it off. I'm like, okay, he's great. I don't really care. And that's just, like, really showing in a game like that, how, like, important he is against any type of team. I was not really expecting that. Dude, here's the deal. All that's true, but, like, what like I'm not I'm not blaming Tua I'm a Tua guy but like someone said something on Twitter was like you want a max contract you win this freaking game doesn't matter who's out you four hundred percent dude like right. I mean do you try like at the end of the game did you feel good about converting that fourth and well you know I'm a Tua guy so it's not no chance like a, so I yeah. I think I, t- I I don't know what time I texted you at the end of that game I said do you have confidence in number one right now. I texted you because I had zero confidence personally. I'm going to be straight up with you. I never yeah. had any hope that we were going to convert anything that game. You said you did because you've been on the optimistic side these days. We've talked on past podcasts so that roller coaster kind of sways back and forth. <laughs> right now, you're Mr. Optimist, and I'm 
been kind of pessimistic the last couple of weeks. And that's why I texted you. I wanted to see your reaction. I knew what it was going to be. And that was a freaking joke. Dude, two was bad. Like, that's all it is. It's it's another yeah. one of those deals where we still control our own destiny if we win the next four with a one seed. But like, That's what I was going to say, but whatever. But dude. who cares, bro? Like, who right now, it's a week-to-week league. Like, who gives – who cares? Like, again, it doesn't matter if we have confidence that – we can do it or not. Like if they go for it, I'm so sick of this conversation. It's every, it's every time this isn't even a big game, dude. And that's the other part. Like, like and what I was going to say, like it's every, after every big game and this wasn't even a big game. We're still talking about, Oh, if they win the next freaking we're not, we're not, we're not talking about it. I'm talking about it. Cause I'm freaking brain dead. Dude. That's my problem is I, I just don't have a brain. Like I dude, The thing is that was the worst loss I've ever seen in my miserable 23 years on this joke of a planet. Um, but yeah, that's like the thing. It's just difficult. Like I'm just out here, like trying to make statements and, and operate a human life without a brain. So anyway, it sucks. it's it, our it, fault, it, dude, Jack, getting so emotionally invested in these games. You're, I'm not crazy. I used to be crazier. You're still off your rocker, but I still take it very <laughs> seriously. It's just, these things are, com- you realize they're completely out of your control. It's the stupidest thing ever to actually care about a franchise like this because when you just see him you seem precedent and we've watched games for 23 years now we should be we should know better as individuals on how to handle this team and how it should affect us dude the thing is it's like well yeah that's my problem it's just i'm just an idiot. but also uh, what i was going to say was like i was saying to you this is not a big game but it's perfect we're playing a terrible team on prime time we always play bad on prime time it's like Here's a perfect opportunity to just like play well on primetime, even if it's against a horrible team. Like it's under yeah. the lights. Dude, I saw on Twitter people I follow were saying that they've never seen energy at a dolphin tailgate like this ever. Like, and they freaking what do they do? They go out and lose. That's that's how they treat their fans. And that's the thing about this team. Forget about like the money aspect of what these guys make. Like, you think about like how important NFL football is or sports are to like people. And this team, with four and a half minutes left, they just quit. Like, fit up 14 points, the defense just quit the game. They did the, – especially the first drive, they did not care. Like, they were just like, oh, the game is over. So, like, it's one thing to talk about, like, okay, well, Bradley Chubb is making $6 trillion to play football, you know, so he – how could he go out there and not care, even if they're up 14 with four and a half minutes left? He should be playing hard regardless of the score. The other, but I don't even care about that. It's like I'm hearing all these things. Oh, I've never seen leadership like this. This team is bought in. They think they have a chance to do something special. Uh, our, our quarterback who can't get us a couple yards on fourth and one is saying that everyone's in He's there. He's trying to scramble. This guy's no. scrambling all game. Dude, who does he think? I know. Like, who does he think he is? He's not Michael freaking Vick. He, he's freaking – Dude, I never seen him scramble that much. Oh I was actually gonna talk God, about the podcast bro. at the beginning. At the beginning of the game, he looked a little agile and mobile. I was gonna say something to you. I'm like, this isn't even worth it, though. Dude, he doesn't even look <laughs> agile. He looks like like dude, he looks like Ben Roethlisberger just like lost 20 pounds. Like if Ben Roethlisberger lost 20 pounds at the end of his career, that's what he would look like, <laughs> like running the ball. Like dude, dude, it's freaking crazy, bro. Dude, who even like we're just talking about? Oh, we need Tua and Tyreek to not get hurt. Like, who, dude? It's not even gonna freaking matter. I don't understand why can't they go like like two drives without like four guys getting hurt? Like they could, that they couldn't have. Dude, yeah, the like stadiums curse, dude. Indian burial grounds. We we know this. See, these things don't these things don't change, Jack. The Indians are still buried under that, and they have Americans. 
Dude, the Native American, whoever's buried under there has nothing to do with our coach being an idiot. That's the, that's the thing. It's like, cursed. It's cursed. Dude, but we're, we're talking about curses. Like, what is that? Dude, all right. Like, here's the deal. If you know you're playing in a cursed stadium, you know what you don't do on third and three at the end of the game? Throw the ball behind the line of – dude, we <laughs> are so stupid. Our team is so stupid. Our franchise – like, that – that's what we do. We're the only team in situations where nobody else in the league would throw the ball backwards. We just throw it backwards there. Dude, like, remember um, Brian Flores, his offense, where we threw a uh, screen to Waddle on our one-yard line and got a safety, the only team oh, in that NFL a, history? That was, that was the greatest <laughs> I've ever seen. That, that was, honestly, this was comparable. This play, that's play I saw. Obviously, it wasn't. That was like a new level of stupidity by Flores. But it's, I thought that play called A-Chain was freaking crazy. Like, this team has pushed the ball be- downfield better than every team all season. Like, you, you know, like just like easy, like slant to like Tyreek or Waller, just automatic. Like, they, like, uh, they might have been getting double teamed at the end. I don't know. Like, besides the point, just like find a way to get your best player the ball. You have two plays. To get one of them the ball, I love a chain, but like trying to make him make a play like that, it's a really tough ask for him. Like get your ball to one of your receivers that people have been talking about for the past two years. How great they are! Just find the freaking way to get two yards. You have two plays to get two yards, and you would be supposed to great players, and you can't even find a way to use them and execute. It's insane, dude. Especially in a situation like that, it's like you need two yards or three or whatever it was. You need two plays. You're better off just freaking throwing it down the field. And, like, if you go exactly. for two with, like – And you have 50 oh seconds left anyways. God, you still have to bro. get up the field. Like, you get that first down. A-chain gets it for a yard past the first down marker, and he still doesn't get out of bounds, which he probably wouldn't because it didn't even look like he was trying to. Like, there's, there's there's 30 seconds left. You're still in midfield. Like, you're putting yourself in such horrible situations. That's what I thought we were seeing the entire game. It was bad situation after bad situation. They were not saying themselves – Offer success one time. They didn't do that once the entire game. Like they're trying to freaking lose. They were trying to lose. That's pretty obvious. But in Vegas, they're trying to hand them the game also. The only bailout yeah. calls. Like I know there are a bunch of like I know the Titans aren't great and like they had so many false starts, offsides that are just like so many bailout calls, dude, that were just so timely for us that entire game. Like we got so lucky that drop touchdown. That was almost crazy. So much stuff, dude. Yeah, I mean, dude, yeah, I mean, well, we got screwed over with the points before half when Hopkins literally just pulled down Xavier Howard. I know, but, I know. but, dude, that's the thing. It's like you don't get – you don't leave it to that when you play stupid teams like this. Exactly, like you, you just don't, that's That's how – dude, that's like the Titans type of game. That's just freaking – dude, this team is so bad. Like, they're just awful. Like, there's no – that's the thing. It's, I, don't, I don't care who was out there and who wasn't out there. I, I don't trust them at – all they are untrustworthy that's i think that is a good name for this podcast today something along those lines that's like the fourth run what about the jinx i think we should just name it the jinx i think that's a that's a very good one also because that wasn't all-time jinx by you today but um this team you're right you did the the, the little depth how to explain this team is just untrustworthy that's it that's the perfect word that you just said that's what they are yeah, I mean, they, well, they first, could win out, Jack. Like you said, they could control their own destiny. They could win the next five games, and they'll still have a playoff game to start the year. They'll have they'll have the one seed. They'll have a round two game. I'm not going to be fully confident we're going to win that game. Probably not. After what I've seen from this franchise and this team, it's insane, right? Do you agree with me? 
Dude, absolutely. Dude, that's why I kept saying before that, dude, we might not even win the division. Like, we No, of course not. Dude, we're actually going to do – well, the thing is this. Um, when we went to L.A. week one, and I thought, like, all that stuff was over. Like, when – like, I didn't think we were going to win third and ten, and Tua makes a crazy throw. Yeah, and I, then I still didn't think we were going to score, and then we score. And then I was like, after our idiot kicker obviously misses the kick – I was like, oh, we're not going to stop. We get to stop him. Like, so for like, I thought we were trustworthy for a bit, but after the Chiefs game, I was just like, they're not trustworthy. But this, it just goes to show, like, they're just not. I don't know what they do. Like, when two is saying they're getting in earlier, they're leaving later. I don't know what they do when they're there. What does that even don't. mean, dude? Everybody, dude. In the, everybody in sport, every professional athlete does that. You get in earlier as opposed to when you leave later as opposed to the most cliche thing I've ever heard. What does that even mean? I, well, he was trying to say, like, because it's December, like, players are getting into the building earlier and they're leaving the and building he, later. And they're moving around and they're making up touchdown celebrations. So they're dude, yeah, roller coasters that, and do handstands. That's, dude, that, that's what the extra time's going towards. That, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, what they're clearly <laughs> not, they're clearly not learning how to not spike their helmets and line up correctly and, and run a two minute drill at the end of the game with no times. We wasted two timeouts too. Like, oh yeah, that it's called insane, the end game was BS on that a d- defensive delay a game. But that was but whatever. The wasted like, timeout calls. I always I forgot about that. Like that's stuff that just hasn't changed under McDaniel for the past two years. You would have thought that would have improved throughout the season. We've been, I think that's happened in every meaningful game this year where we were short on timeouts and we really could have used them. We took them unnecessary times. Dude, we had so many huddles, dude. In that game, especially at the end, that just took nine hours. Like, you're supposed to know what plays you're running. Like, two minutes left, you're like, you know what you're getting yourself into. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know football more than me, but, like, isn't that a thing? Like, you're supposed to know what you're running. You only need a huddle for fucking 25 seconds, right? Yeah. yeah but you're you doing the entire time. They're just overthinking everything. McDaniel's overthinking. Tua's overthinking. Like, everything. Like, just believe in your stuff, believe in your game, believe in your players, believe in your team, and just go out and execute and do the stuff they probably do practice, but like it's clearly not still the importance of that practice. Dude, the problem is this. It's they don't have they they overcomplicate a lot of things. They 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 don't have um a play that they can go run like and go get 12 yards. And we saw it last year in LA where they just, like, went five drives or whatever it was without a first down. Like, every team has a play. Like, they like every team has, like, an out route to their Durham Smythe that can get them, like, 10 yards to start a drive. Like, they don't have that. And yeah. they don't have, they don't have a, like, a offense that they know how, that they run, like, on, at the end of games. Like, they can't run the two-minute show. They could do it in the first half, but... It's just weird, dude. At the end, that drive was so bad. Like they, they really threw the ball backwards on third and two. Third and two. We have Tyreek Kill and Jalen Waller, two of the biggest downfield threats in the league, and the quarterback has been having a pretty good season so far. And that's that's the play you run. Insane. And you know when they put they they put a chain in motion there, you knew he was getting the ball the entire time. They looked directly at him. Tua maybe made one. I guess you may make multiple reads. He made his first three up the middle, probably a Tyreek. Just like, oh, if the second option, a chain's open there, give him a chance to break free and make something happen. But like, why is that the freaking play? Like, I just don't get it. It's saying his defense, like, not that good, but you could make, like, a, probably a couple different ones. I know the O line's not 100% there, but, like, that's just not it. 
I don't know football, but it's not it. That that's what I'm saying. You gotta just have a freaking play like you can run. Like, yeah, bro. you get, you gotta have a play that you can run on third and two to get three yards at midfield. Like they're at mid. We're talking about you're not in. You're not at the two yard line where you're working with ten yards of field. You're not backed up. You have the whole. You have the entire field to use. Crazy dude. Finds and you have Jalen Waddle and Tyreek and a chain. You can't get two yard dude. Like send these guys towards the end zone that you're trying to get to. This is not the first quarter with eight minutes left in the game where you can just do whatever you want. This is the freaking end of the game. And our coach doesn't run the ball all of a sudden inside the 10 yard lines when everyone on the team is averaging 10 yards a carry. We have 20 rushing touchdowns this season, probably. And they have three yard lines, zero runs. It's insane. They've scored every single time and and max two plays all season from the three yard line. They just run the ball once, they get it in probably 75%. And then probably 20, they probably get in 95% of the time. And another 20% is on second down. Ridiculous, dude. Like, it's so overcomplicated sometimes. It's insane. Like, I don't know if this guy is just trying to outsmart people, do this and do that. But, like, it's 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 weird, bro. It's weird. Because you've seen what's worked all season. Whenever they get into their stuff, it's, they succeed. And sometimes they just get out of their stuff. I get teams game plan against that. Like, that's what Vrabel does. Like, Vrabel grew up in, like, a New England system under Belichick. Like, oh, take away the other team's best players. Get beat by everybody else. Don't let them do what they want to do. Blah, blah, blah. This tight end scene has been freaking horrible all season. It's not a freaking excuse at that point. Let's go ahead and beat them. Dude, that's like – I don't even remember the last team to lose a game as 14-point favorites. I, it I has just saw to be. that was the biggest upset of the season. I got a notification on my phone. Oh, I'm sure the season I, – I'm, I wonder what the last time a team has lost a game as 14-point favorites. Um, uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's been years. Dude, like, thing is – like we played terrible for it. This is why it's like we lost the game two times. Like because we played terrible for fifty. Well, we played terrible the whole game, but it was tied, and they were getting the ball back. And I said to you before the drive, like this is what the Titans like. If it's tied, they get the ball. They're gonna run the clock out, kick field. Mm-hmm. Instead, they muffed the punt, and we score a touchdown. So after that, I thought I thought the game was over after the first touchdown, and then. When we scored the second one, it was like you're not even thinking about the game anymore. But I'm a freaking fan. I don't get paid to play for this freaking team. So I can think the game is over. The guys that are on the freaking field have to go actually play the game for four and a half more minutes. And uh, and they can't and they couldn't do it. Yeah, I don't I don't even know what to say, dude. We're getting we've talked we've talked about this. Like it's insane, dude. The fact they they just gave up on the game. They're celebrating. They stopped. They're like, oh, we're playing Will Levis. This guy brushes his teeth with mayonnaise. He can't score two touchdowns in five minutes. Well, he did. He just got beat by Will Levis, guys. Like We're talking about don't jump to conclusions. Why am I supposed to care? And obviously I'm just saying this. I do care. How am I supposed to sit here and care what happens next week? When Bradley Chubb doesn't care what happens in the last four and a half minutes, or no, no one in the secondary apparently cares. No one had any interest in coming within ten yards of DeAndre Hopkins. Completely uninterested in covering the guy. Insane. I've never seen a guy more wide open in my entire life. Repetitively, dude, they were <laughs> every single catch was nobody near him. On the last drive, they were in the red zone after two plays. The Tennessee <laughs> Titans. This team's probably averaging 13 points a game this season. 
Dude, they were in the red zone. And we were saying we hadn't given up more than 15 points since Ramsey became a starter defensively. And that's been one, two, three, four, five games um, or four games, whatever it was. And we gave up 15 points in three minutes. Yeah, I, I don't even know what to say. I think it's right. I think it's right to say that I know this is your decision to make in your segment. I think clowns of the week easily. I think it's a combination of Mike McDaniel and also you and I. I right. was gonna say it's us too. <laughs> it's got to be specifically, right? but let's us. It's us too. We're you and I can be we're teams. So I, yeah, we're exactly. we're freaking clowns, dude. I will say this in defense of myself. <laughs> I did after after saying the game was over. I said when they got the two point conversion, I said we were gonna lose. That was the game. If they didn't get the stop on the two, they were gonna lose. But. Mm-hmm. Dude, whatever. Who even cares? Like th- these guys are just idiots. That's the problem with this team. They're just a bunch of idiots wearing uh wearing like dude, aqua and dude, orange. Dude, dude, hop on hop hop on the heat bandwagon, bro. Also, I I always I always let you hop on, and I think they're gonna do it this year. No false hope. This team's no. showing me that they they will play hard and try to actually win, and they're well, well coached. I'm, I'm gonna be serious because I've joked about it in the past possibly being done with sports and riding horses <laughs> for a living. That's I, that's what I'm about to do. That's Dude, that's all there is to do at this point. Like, like it's just, uh, there's, I, don't there's, I don't blame you, bro. Dude, wow, what a freaking disappointment! But it's like it still doesn't feel real. Like, like it actually doesn't feel real. Like I can't even believe that just happens. It is what it is, dude. No need to stress yourself out about it. You gotta move on to the next day. I know it sucks, but like it's out of our control. What the hell can you do? Like, who cares? This team sucks. <laughs> I mean, they control they can they control their own destiny. I guess like they play the last three games, like we've said all year. They, I mean, I don't even think if Tyreek doesn't play, we're probably going to beat the Jets next week. But the final three uh, yeah. games of the season, like we kept saying that all season, like you play well the last four games, fine. But it goes back to what you were saying before, like it's just impossible to trust this team in a game that in general in any game, dude, it's just impossible to have full trust. Yeah, I mean, dude, that's the thing. Um... Like we've got, dude. They're probably not even. They should just forfeit next week because they clearly don't care about these types of games. So they shouldn't <laughs> even play. They should just like let the Jets win the game. Like don't even risk injury. Like they they would have literally been better off just not showing up tonight and like being nine and four and embarrassing them. So everyone would be like, no one in NFL history has ever done this. Like, but um, we'd just be healthy in nine and four instead. We lost Connor Williams and we're still nine and four and we still embarrassed ourselves. Uh, so. Yeah, we're gonna look, we're gonna run out of time here. But any any last words? I'll give it to you. No last words. I think we've said all we've had to say. Um, and yeah, dude, on to the next week, I guess. Yes, sir. All right. I appreciate you having me as always, Jack. Yep. Thanks for coming on. Yep. Oh, too. So that that was a uh, that that was good. That was good to do. Um, that's the first time in the history of the Fins with Fish podcast, which is. Brought to you by Riviera Produce that we have ever um, gotten a live reaction to the game. Uh, And look, yeah, we were just on the phone talking about how terrible the team is once again. And uh, yeah, we got it all on the podcast. So look, I wanted to do this. I I was going to do and we're going to have we're going to bring Jeremy back onto the show shortly. And we're going to have a Jets fan on. Um, but I, I wanted to get a little in-between positivity um, and, and perspective. That was, that was my plan. So this was recorded Monday night, Tuesday. You know, I was 
you know, I was thinking about it. I had some time to process everything. Uh, a lot of teams lose games. Uh, all the all the good teams have lost uh, games to bad teams this year. And then the injury report started coming out. So uh, quickly, four seconds of positivity. We're the two seed in the AFC, and we control our own destiny to the one seed. Uh, but listen, here's the deal. Um, what we're seeing, what what we're seeing from this team is we're seeing next level softness and, and a lack of caring about winning the games. And that's what we were saying was like, it's crazy that they just stopped playing with five minutes left in the football game. So here's the deal. Um, I think at our best, we could beat any team in the league. But, but that again, like all this stuff doesn't really matter. This, this is a room full of guys where, and this has been going on not just last year, but back to 2016, we were 1-4. We beat the Steelers to go 2-4. and four. And Rashad Jones, the best player on the team, he plays the whole game. Everything seems just fine. We find out after the game he's out for the season. So what's going on this week? Tyreek Hill. We saw Tyreek Hill is actually injured. We saw him get hurt in the game. Then we saw him sprint off the field. Then he went to the tent. Then he came back in the game. It was bizarre. But Tyreek Hill, he, he, he was on the ground. He was in pain. They had to stop the game for him. He is a real injury, right? Okay, so I don't have an issue with him. Here's my issue. Liam Eikenberg is in a walking boot, apparently. Liam Eikenberg played the last play of the game. Devon Ockchain is apparent, apparently is an injured toe. Now, here's what I'm getting at is, I don't think there's a franchise in sports, and I get it happens. Like, Deshaun Watson finished the game for the Browns, season-ending injury, that happens. I don't think there's a franchise in sports, and now we're comparing us to the Browns. It's not the franchise you want to compare to. Um that has more players finish a game, look totally fine, nothing goes on, and, and then we find out on Tuesday that they have a serious injury that they're dealing with. So Liam Eikenberg, who allowed a free rusher on the last play of the game for us, and the play before, Devon Ockchain, who apparently doesn't understand to, uh, how to get first downs or out of bounds, how to choose one or the other, apparently is an injured toe. Javon Holland has missed... Finished the Jets game, right? He got hurt. We saw him. They stopped the game for him. Then he came back into the game. Javon Holland is has been out for two weeks with an injury that nobody really knows what it is. Teron Armstead has been week to week for months. Robert Hunt actually did get injured, but he's been week to week for months. Um, not months, but and I am actually forgetting off the top of my head the last game that Teron Armstead played. But these guys have been out, and and. You're starting to look at the whole thing. Now, Xavier Howard apparently is injured, and we did have to stop the game for him. And and it, the question goes from, is our training staff bad? To, are these guys injury prone to? Who is actually injured to the point where they should be sitting out? And, and, and this is what I want to talk about. So, Devon Ockchain has had... Uh, he's had 60 different injuries this year, and, and I get it. Devon Ockchain's like 170 pounds. I think he's five foot eight. He's you know going up against the fastest 250 pound linebackers in the world who are trying to kill him. I understand all of that, and I understand that a guy of that size might not be able to take the amount of hits that you take at the running back position. But we're talking about a guy who's he's had an injured knee, he's had injured ribs, he's now got an injured toe. And this is the same league where Ronnie Lott, the safety for the 49ers, he got his finger amputated so he could continue playing football. That's what he did. So it is December. Every player in the league is hurt. Any NFL player will tell you that when it is when it gets to December, there's not a healthy player in the league. There's guys who are hurt, guys who are injured. If you are if you have an injured toe in December 
and you were healthy enough to play on the last play of the game, and a week later you don't play in a football game in December in a divisional matchup, even if it's against the Jets, you don't want you do not care about winning. Devon Ochain, from what I'm seeing, does not care about winning. Liam Eikenberg, based on his play on the field for the last three years, and um and the fact that he might not play this Sunday doesn't care about winning. The coach who's allowing all of this, and, and he, he made a comment that in the game Teron Armstead went out, it, it may have been Washington, uh, I'm just forgetting off the top of my head, but when Teron Armstead went out, he made a comment, well, if the game was closer, he could have returned, and he hasn't returned since the game. When you make a comment like that, that suggests that you are not going to play your players when they're healthy enough to play because of circumstances that are subjective, meaning that if I think the game is out of reach, I'm not going to put in my left tackle who, who, who is hurt. But if, I, but if this were a closer game, he would play, right? So when we look at the Titans game this weekend, we look at Javon Holland, who seems healthy, right? And Javon Holland didn't play this weekend, or I'm sorry, this, this, this Monday night. I believe that he was healthy enough to play. And I think the coaching staff thought, you know what? We're playing the freaking Tennessee Titans at home. We, we don't need to worry about A. We're, we're going to rest Javon Holland. And it's like the Mets. I'm a Mets fan. The last year that DeGrom was on the team, um, or, or the second to last year, when we didn't make the playoffs and like DeGrom was, was maybe going to pitch in two weeks for six months and didn't pitch the rest of the season. That, I, I literally tweeted. I was like, this is hilarious. The Mets are saving DeGrom for the playoffs that they're not going to make. That's what we're doing. We're sitting guys out who are healthy. We just lost the Titans because we're keeping guys out of the game who are healthy enough to play but aren't playing. Like, do you, th- you think Ray Lewis would miss a game with a freaking toe? Who? There is no player in the league that takes winning seriously that would miss a December football game with a toe injury, especially not after they lost to a four-win team. And these guys have a history of doing this. It's been going on last year after we lost to the Packers. Oh, now all of a sudden, two is concussed. And then in the playoffs, Teron Armstead didn't want to play. Nobody wanted to play in the playoffs. We played with half of an offensive line. And then, and then Jalen Waddell was faking. Obviously, Jalen Waddell, the first drive, it was cold. And he's like, well, all these other guys are faking injuries. I might as well go fake an injury. I think this, unless the game is stopped for you, other than Jalen Waddell, because we know they just stopped the game for him because he, he cries about fake injuries, even though he did really get popped this week. So it was acceptable this week. Unless the game is stopped for you, right, for an injury, you should be required to play the next week or you should miss the whole season. That's what I believe. And last year, Teddy Bridgewater gave an interview stoned out of his mind before the Patriots game and said that his friends Stevie Wonder and Ray Charles could see what's going on. And I thought everyone's trying to decryptify his message and all that. That was probably not a real world word, but um, they, they were trying to figure out what he meant by that. And I was in the camp that I think he was just stoned. I thought he just smoked weed and didn't know what he was saying. He was spewing. But now that I come to think about it, I realize that Tua could have played at the end of the year last year, but the Dolphins decided it's going to be a bad look for our image, right? So we're not going to play Tua. And then Toronto Armstead's like, well, if our quarterback's not going to play, I'm certainly not going to play. That's the type of organization this is. And all the fan police out there that are policing saying you're not a real fan if you don't believe in the Dolphins, the exact same thing happened last year, a December collapse. They had a game that they should have easily won and they didn't win this Sunday. And there's guys out there that are hurt, not injured, that should be playing, that aren't playing. Javon Holland should be on the field. Xavier Howard should be on the field. 
Devon Oxchain, Liam Eichenberg, all these guys that finished the game should be on the field a week later. Teron Armstead should be playing. You said you said he was he would have gone into a closer game and he and he hasn't played since that game. Put him on the freaking field. I don't care if it's the Jets. You'll lose that game. You will lose to the New York Jets if you think it's a game where that where you can just rest guys that would be playing if we were playing if we if this were the last game of the season we were playing the Buffalo Bills or if we were playing the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. Like the Jets, they're, they're coming off a big win. They would love to play spoiler, and I've seen that movie so many times. I was there in 2013, where all we needed to do was beat the Jets to get in the playoffs. If the Ravens lost, the Ravens lost, and we didn't beat the Jets, we lost the game. The Jets will win this game if you decide to not take it seriously. So we're going to welcome in a Jets fan. For the first time, we're going to have a Jets fan for Dolphins-Jets rivalry week onto the show. And Jeremy will be joining us again. So Sam Rosenbaum and uh, Jeremy, welcome back to the show. How's it going, fellas? Appreciate you having me on, Jack. And it's uh, needless to say, it's an honor to be the first Jet fan on here. It truly is. Yeah, always a pleasure, Jack. Thank you for having me. Good we get a fellow Jets goofball joining our podcast. That'll make things a little more fun. I'm excited. Yeah, so so the first thing I want to go over is this. When it comes to Jets fans, I've always – like my beef is more with Giants fans. When I was younger, it used to be more Jets fans because that's when the Dolphins sucked and the Jets were actually kind of good. They had the two AFC championship appearances in a row. And, like, they've been terrible for the last – I mean, I don't know, since Mark Sanchez's second year with the team. So that's, like, most of our lives. Um, but I think Jets fans know their place, you know what I'm saying? So I don't really have much beef with Jets fans. And I actually think I, you know, I respected what Joe Douglas was doing. I was a Zach Wilson guy. I don't like the Jets by any means, but, like, I, I respected what they were doing. Obviously, I was wrong. They've disappointed, and uh, I was off the Wilson train this year. Um, my beef is mainly with Giants fans because I think they're in the same position. They've been in the same position with you guys for the last 12 years. Their fan base just like has if you take like every single Giants fan in the world and combine their IQ, it's like eleven. I mean, you the the problem with them is like you have people that have negative IQs, like our idiot friend Jake. Like he's he's like a negative six hundred and thirty seven IQ. So and then there's a lot of guys like that. So um, but yeah, so excited to get into some banter. I mean, the most of the beef between Jets and Dolphins has been between you guys. Like me, I've been like sort of a, a neutral guy. Listen, I, I I think just right off the bat to address it, I think I think Jack and I have always had a mutual respect for each other's teams, and we we understand our place. And obviously, a lot of it comes from from the Giants fans that we tend to associate ourselves with. But that's getting a little off topic. I feel like just sometimes Jeremy likes asserting himself in there to to poke some fun at uh, at the torture I've gone through about half of my lifetime with the Jets. So. Yeah, Sam, I'll just state it from the beginning. You obviously know I like playing around with you. It's all love at the end of the day. It's not that serious. But I will admit, though, <laughs> that it was the Patriots my entire life that I despise. I've always hated the Jets. But I there's something about the Jets culture, the fan base, that just does something to me. Versus, like, the Knicks, like, I, you hear from me, if there's all these New York teams, not a fan. It's really just the Jets that actually get on my nerves. But... At the end of the day, whenever I come after you, it's all love. It's never serious, and I, I hope you know that. 
Yeah, of course, bro. Nothing personal. I just, I just think some, uh, some other, some people with other fandoms just tend to, uh, to not want to address the fact that the Jets are in fact building something, whether that's something that's going to come together right away or whether that's something that's going to come together within the next five to seven years, something's trending in the right direction. And I think it's about time that the rest of the league notices that obviously the Rogers injury to kick the season off was absolutely devastating, but there's been a ton of, of, bright spots to the season and and individual breakouts that are worth noting. And then once you plug in a competent, a more competent offensive line and Aaron Rodgers, I think things might really click here. 42-year-old torn Achilles Aaron Rodgers, correct? Listen, listen, listen. It all starts with the offensive line. No, no matter who the hell you put behind that, offensive line if they can't block and and give the quarterback any time whatsoever no one's going to be successful besides maybe Patrick Mahomes fair fair I agree and I'll let Jack speak on this a little bit more after um I do think you guys have pieces you guys have a very good defense you guys have some good skill players and, and Wilson Brees Hall so on and so forth the offensive line shaky but you guys have had injuries I understand that you guys do have pieces you guys do have a foundation I think to be good down the road the Jets are a bad franchise. So like, I don't know. We'll see. My problem is, especially the past two years with Jets fans, I remember when you guys beat us last season and we had no offensive line. Our whole defense was hurt. And we were playing with Skylar Thompson. You guys beat us. And you guys were saying for the whole rest of the season how that was no excuse that we had Skylar Thompson. We had no offensive line that you guys flat out beat us. So now the new year comes around. And it's the complete opposite. It's flip-flop now. You guys lost your quarterback. You guys have a depleted offensive line. And that's just excuses that you guys talked about in the past saying, oh, it shouldn't be an excuse. So that's the only thing that gets on my nerves a tiny bit. I will admit, though, since I'm trying to stay as objective as possible on this chat, is that I do think you guys have foundation and pieces. You guys, like Quinn Williams is one of the best tackles in the league. Like, you guys have great linebackers in Mosley and Quincy Williams. Like, DJ Reed and Sauce are fire. Like, you guys have a foundation. You guys have pieces everywhere. But that's a lot coming from me. It's just, I don't know, something about the fan base that just ticks me off the wrong way. Listen, Wait, let I me just... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was no, going to no, say, go listen, ahead. I understand, Jeremy, and I appreciate you addressing that. A couple things I want to say to your points, a couple quick points. First, I think it's important to mention the emergence of Michael Carter. Michael Carter statistically is is the best slot corner in all of football and gets zero recognition. Obviously, it goes without saying that Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed get looked upon with with very high regard, but I think it's also worth mentioning how well Michael Carter's been this year. The three of them together. My next point I wanted to mention, I believe this is the correct stat, but to my understanding, we're on our 13th offensive lineman of the year this year things have been just as bad as they could possibly go without mentioning that our, our, our best offensive lineman went down the same place he went down last year. And then last point I wanted to make to your point about the arrogance coming out of the Jets Dolphins game last season. I think a lot of that just played in part to the lead up to that game. You know, the, the three of definitely. us, the three of us were, went to the game together. I, I was outnumbered very clearly. So I, I was hearing it and you know what? I uh, stayed the course. The Jets did their thing and I was pretty pumped up. So yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to walk out of MetLife on my high horse and, and that's how it went. 
Yeah, before Jack takes it, I understand. It's not just you that's saying it. It's not just saying I'm just hearing from you. It's from everybody. So it's, I'm, I'm not just calling you out because you're probably the least of my worries when it comes to this. Yeah, I mean, well, here's the deal. I'm jumping in here. I don't know why you two <laughs> – I know I, like, introduced this saying, like, I have respect and all that. Like, now you two – Oh, I was looking forward to you guys being uncivil, and you guys have been civil so far. Here's what I'm going to say because <laughs> – Hey, look, you, nobody can call me a, a Jets hater, especially not you, Sam, because I was saying I think Wilson's good. I have a tweet somewhere yep. that says that I think that, like, uh, I'm not, I don't like to see the Jets making good decisions. But here's yeah. the deal. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. You can jump no, in. No, I was going to say, you're no need to validate it. I, I, I know. Exactly. I, I'm, I'm just validating for whoever's out there because what I'm about to say is this. I thought we were going to win the division this year. And, Jerry, that's it. So, they're on their 13th offensive lineman. So, if the Dolphins end up losing this Sunday, I don't want to hear any idiot fans making excuses talking about we were injured. I want to say this about the Jets, though. My belief in what the Jets are building is waning. And it's not because I don't believe Uh in, in what Joe Douglas has been able to do. But I think this. I think the team does not have a quarterback. And I don't think that they are going to get a quarterback. I, I think that Rodgers is, I mean, how old is he? Is he actually 42? He's I thought he was like, he just he's, turned, yeah, I mean, he's he 40. just turned 40. He's 40. He didn't, he, he didn't tear his ACL. Like he tore his Achilles. That stuff changes careers. He's a quarterback. So it's not as big of a deal, but I, I think that Rodgers is good. I don't think your skill players are that good. I think Garrett Wilson's great and would be very good. Like if we had Garrett Wilson, he he'd be he'd be he'd be a good player on our team. Honestly, like I mean Jalen Waddle, what he's doing, his weekly fake injury. I mean, maybe we should even just make that swap Waddle for Wilson. Not actually, but um, but yeah, I mean your offensive line is terrible. Um, and it's banged up. But I don't I don't see you come out and you're you're like, well, we just need to get an offensive line. As if it's like going to Starbucks and ordering a large hot coffee with skim milk and sugar, which I do every day. Like, how, what do you mean? Like, the Dolphins, our offensive line for the first year in our entire lives is finally good. And like, everyone on our line is now faking, is either actually injured or faking injuries. Like, Liam Eikenberg is faking an injury. Um, Connor Williams is not. He's full blown. No, he's, yeah, he's, he's got a real injury. That's anyone that finishes a game. And then is injured and isn't out for the season, like that doesn't play next week, is faking an injury. But um, what I was going to say was it that just shows you how some teams are just terrible at putting offensive lines together. The Dolphins are terrible at it. The Jets are also terrible at it. Listen, like so, I'm, so how are you going to get it? I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it like this. I'm gonna put it like this. I'm not gonna disagree. It's since ever since the Sanchez days when we had. The Brickishaw Ferguson and Nick Mangold manning the line, things have been downhill up front. And that's just the matter of fact. But the bottom line is we have a couple solid pieces to build around for the future. In Elijah Vera Tucker, Joe Tittman's been very promising this year. And then who knows what happens with Makai Becton moving forward. Makai Becton has obviously been hurt for the majority of his Jets career, but He's been he's been really good this year and really fighting through some in, some minor injuries that have come across and He's fighting his tail off, so you got to give him some credit. We'll see what happens in the offseason if Douglas decides to bring him back or not. But, you know, I think a big hurdle for 
Jets for the Jets specifically, and I guess the Giants too, is is the turf at MetLife, and it, it, it's really true that it's eating some of these guys alive. And it's and if you look at it from a business perspective, it's probably probably makes it a little bit tougher to to lure in like some of these top offensive linemen. If they got options, they're probably not looking to play on a turf field like that. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I mean, that's like yeah, fine. Yeah, it sounds yeah, like I'm a BS excuse, but I'm not, no, no, no. Listen, I'm not. I'm not saying that's the sole reason the Jets have don't have a good offensive line. We don't yeah, have a good yeah, offensive yeah, line yeah. because we don't have a good offensive line. That's that's the bottom line. Listen, if you wanna if you wanna work from the from from there back, I think. Listen, if Zach Wilson plays the way he did last week, I think you guys are in for a closer game than last time. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we'll probably – that's the thing. It's like our whole team I'm, – I'm actually going to say we're, we're going to squeak out a close one. This is the problem with our team. We're a bunch of freaking soft, uh, heartless clowns. That's, that's who you got. Yeah, no, not complacent. It's like, you know, I was I was talking about it earlier. It's like last year after we lost the Packers, everyone was – dude, like in Buffalo, the playoff game, I think Armstead was out, Tua was out. Even what like obviously Waddle after the first drive he like got tackled and tried coming out of the game but like they were like yeah there's nothing wrong with you so he couldn't do that but uh yeah it's like every time we lose a game that we shouldn't lose everyone's just like comes up with these random injuries that nobody else in the league with uh that actually cares about winning football games would be sitting out with so uh yeah I mean you guys are fired up you guys just won Zach Wilson will not be playing like he did last that's actually good for us I mean. Because he's one of those guys that's like only going to do that once, like a, every few, like two months. times a year, right? Yeah, so that's good that he, he got that out of his system this past week. But uh, yeah, I mean, given the absolute idiots on our team, it, it could be close. Listen, as long as we're not, as long as we're not throwing hail mary pick sixes to end the half, we're going to be fighting for a win this week. That's all. <laughs> I know. That's what the New York Jets do, though, my friend. That's why I don't like the Jets. <laughs> you guys are po- you guys are poverty. And you guys do stuff like that. I've proven it time and time again. I give credit where credit's due. And I give credit for the Jets for sucking and knowing how to lose football games. And off of precedent, that's just never going to change. And that's why I think Jets fans are funny. You guys have a lot of unrealistic hope and expectation. Like, Zach Wilson has one good game. You're already looking for the future. Like, fans are thinking again, like, this is the guy again. Like, Robert Sala, the wor- one of the worst coaches in the league, probably believes in Zach Wilson again after benching him seven times. Like, I've never seen a coach in my life handle a situation like that worse ever. Just, like, with your young quarterback messing around with so many things with your team. And, like, now all of a sudden, like, he's hyping this guy up. There's hope. He's giving the fan base hope. It's just – it's a it's New York sports at its absolute finest. It's incredible. I agree. And I know we've spoken about that personally. Um I just I think it there's a lot more that goes into it than just Sala, to be honest. I think it's from all the way up to of down course. to the bottom where these decisions come from. But obviously it's could not have been handled any worse. But I think at this point Zach's just playing screw it football and he's gonna You're go right. do his thing. He I think he's got to nothing to lose to end the season. This is in in his eyes, the way I'd look at it, if all these reports that are coming out are true, in his eyes, this is essentially a tryout for another team. And it's I'll true. tell you what, Zach Wilson is going to be a solid quarterback in this league. I mean, to me, it another... sounds like – sorry, he... real quick. But to me, it yeah. sounds like a Zach Wilson that has nothing to lose 
is very capable of throwing four interceptions in, in one half of football from what I've seen from Zach Wilson. No, he's got – listen, I, I think maybe you misunderstood what I said. He's got nothing to lose with the Jets. This is – I look at this as these next couple weeks are a tryout for him. And listen, if the Jets squeak out a win this week, which I think it, it's going to be a competitive game in my opinion, I think the Jets squeak out a win this week and who knows, maybe we're, we're turning the page to next week and Aaron Rodgers is, is gearing up the play. Who knows how this is going to go. Obviously, the odds aren't in our favor to make the playoffs, but the playoffs? it's going to be interesting. <laughs> See what I'm saying, Jack? What, what are you talking about? talking about Aaron Rodgers next week and then the playoffs. <laughs> Dude, you guys are like – you guys might be picking in the top five at the end. You're, talk, you're talking about – you guys are five and eight? Yeah, this can go any possible direction. We can either what? have a top five pick. Playoffs? We We're talking playoffs? playoffs? Wait, the Bills, <laughs> you guys, the Bills, who are terrible, maybe the worst team in the league, they're seven and six, and they're the 11. There's 11 teams in the AFC with seven wins, six losses, and you think already having eight losses that you're going to win this week, and then Aaron Rodgers, off all of his drugs, is going to come out at 40 years old, tearing his Achilles 13 weeks ago, Win the next three games, you're gonna sneak in the play. Well, what about the Super Bowl? Is that out of the question? Maybe, maybe you got, maybe you guys win like the next three Super Bowls. It all starts the win Sunday. Yo, listen, listen. Right now, this is the only statistic I know, and obviously, this sounds ridiculously delusional because that's because I'm a Jets, Mets, and Knicks fan, and have tried to grasp onto hope my entire life with all my teams. But listen, Jets went out. We got an 11% chance of making the offs. Do I think exactly. it's going to happen? No. Am I Am I going to convince myself that that's what's going to happen if the Jets come out with a win this week? 100%. So that's kind of where my head's at. And I'm just looking – listen, I'm just looking at the season on a high note. I've I've spent my entire life tanking and just and just hoping my team loses so that we get a good draft picks. And, and the majority of the time, those draft picks haven't even turned out good. So what the hell do I have to lose? Sam, I'm you're right. Here. You're right. I'm, 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 I'm rooting for, for my team to show some promise heading into what should be a big year next year. I think they got a lot of stuff they need to address. I think Alan Lazard needs to get off the damn team. This guy, this guy's walking around. I don't know if you guys have seen this. This guy's walking around before the games and in practice kicking a soccer ball as if that's what he's <laughs> getting paid $44 million to do. Well, that's not and good, could, but I can promise you Alan Lazard is not your reason You're why you're five and eight. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. But I think there's a lot of things that need to be addressed. Obviously, yeah. I wouldn't have liked to see it go down the way it did, but I th- I thought Uzoma needed to be benched regardless, and unfortunately, his season ended with an injury. Obviously, never root for that for anyone, no matter – what the circumstances are, but the bottom the bottom line is Jeremy Ruckert needed some more looks. He's done well with his looks, and I think it's just about figuring out what the right personnel is. Obviously, there's a lot of moves to be made in the offseason for the Jets, whether that's offense, whether that's retaining some defensive players, but things are going to happen. They went all in trading for Rodgers at this age. They're not just going to let this season, this offseason go to waste and not gear up for what – should be a championship caliber defense heading into 2024. Uh, let me let me just I just want to say a couple of things, and then Jeremy, I'll let you go because the Zach Wilson point I thought was crazy. And listen, you know where I stood on Zach Wilson. Uh, and one thing I want to say, first of all, I'm looking at him, his career stats right now. 
And it says in the about section, his middle name is Capono. Did you guys know that? No. That I actually did know that. Yeah, Jason Capono. Uh, no, yeah, not 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 Jason Capono. It's Zach Capono Zachary. It's, it's his brother Zachary Capono. Dude, that's the stupidest name I've ever heard in my entire life. That actually makes a lot of sense. Why he's dude, terrible. Jason Capono is a legend, bro. It's like one of the best last names, one of the best shooters to ever put on the Miami Heat uniform. Why are you talking crap? I thought you were talking about Jason Noop, and we're not whatever. This is I like I thought you were making a joke. No, but, I'm um, talking about the Heat legend Jason Capono. Yo, no, it's I've all never... fun. It's all fun and games until Zach Wilson is hitting the gritty in the back of the end zone. You like here's what I'm gonna say because we were talking about like the bad situation with Salah and Wilson because like Tua had a coach who hated him too, so in that situation was arguably it probably was as bad. The thing with Tua was this: Tua showed flashes, but it was a different kind of flashes, like. Tua, we had the worst O-line in the league. Before, like, Tua would get sacked, but before he would get sacked, he'd make, like, two nice moves in the pocket. He'd step up, slip a defender, and the third guy would take his head off. But, like, he would take, like he, he would make a couple guys miss. Um, And Tua showed, like, good pocket presence. And I think Zach Wilson's got great arm talent, but I think arm talent's so overrated because it, it's more important to be a good on-schedule QB than off-schedule. People always talk about, like, oh, this guy can't do it off-schedule. But it's like Zach Wilson, and there's other guys too, has trouble playing football on schedule. And most of the fo- fo- football you play is from the pocket on schedule. Yes, you need to be able to create. And a guy who can play on schedule and off schedule, that's an elite quarterback. Um, then a guy who can play on schedule and not off schedule, it becomes like a game manager. Zach Wilson's a guy that will make crazy throws like he did against the Giants. But on schedule, he sucks. And that's why he sucks overall. If you can't play from the pocket and you can't play on schedule, you suck. And Zach Wilson, as I, I watched the end of that Giants game, and I've watched him play a bunch of times, he has the worst pocket presence I've ever seen in my life. It's like if Helen Keller got invented, reinvented, and became an NFL quarterback, that guy does not sense any pressure. And he does, especially like at the, the second to last drive in the Giants game, he looks at Kayvon Thibodeau coming at him. He knows it's fourth down. I can't take a sack here. Then, like, runs, takes a few steps to his right, holds onto the ball, and gets sacked. That guy has the awareness of an 115-year-old that's asleep at a re- at a green light. That's what I have to say about Zach Wilson. You know I liked him coming out of college. He's at, he, he might be the worst quarterback drafted in the top three I've ever seen in my life, besides Justin Fields. But Justin Fields, at least, is, like, one of the best athletes even though he's a freaking embarrassment too. I th- I think Zach Wilson may no, – no, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's him or Justin Fields. Probably just, Zach Wilson. Just for the record, when that when that Thibodeau sack happened, I, I was under the impression the game was over. And I – honestly, I fucking – excuse my language. I You're slammed my phone. I slammed my phone against my knee, and I thought my kneecap broke. So, yeah, that's, that's how I felt about that. Obviously, that was ridiculously frustrating. But I think it, it's – just what's the word it it just it's what what am i looking for here it's evident that zach wilson has improved this year whether it's just small (laughs) flashes or just like it's night and day i'm not saying that's much he obviously came out looking awful last year 81 yards for tim boyle bro and trevor (laughs) Simeon. he didn't get better he got better he got better. You haven't watched the Jets games if you don't think that guy's gotten better. I don't need to watch a game to know a quarterback to throw. First of all, and I did watch this game. 
that threw for 81 yards, one touchdown, an interception against the Bills is freaking terrible. In year three, how do you throw for 81 yards? You're losing that game. You had like, you had a whole quarter of garbage time. Like Justin Fields had a game this year. He had like 40 yards going to the last drive and he had led like a 70 yard drive. He can't even lead a garbage time touchdown drive. Listen, I understand. I completely understand your point. But the, the bottom line is you guys got front row seats to the Zach Wilson show on Sunday. So you're the best. Sam, I have, I have, you're, you're nuts. I love you, though. But um, I do I do have a question for you. And please answer, answer this truthfully. Yeah. Since you're like a 15-year-old, clearly, thinking Zach Wilson's. I'm not, if, if he didn't, but you send me the same meme every week. You say the same things. You're very repetitive. And if Zach Wilson didn't hit the gritty that one time or didn't acknowledge, like, supposedly, like, is he's interested in, in moms, like, wouldn't you like Zach Wilson? Like, if he was just, like, a regular dude? To be honest with you, I'm not as bought in on, like, the whole, like, mom thing as most people are. <laughs> like, I didn't kind of – I didn't really run with that, honestly. I was like, oh, cool, like, Zach's – Zach's doing his thing. Like, that's awesome. But like, I, I really thought like when, when Zach Wilson hit that gritty, it was, that was a really happy moment in my life. And that, that's like, and I meant that you, you look at him as a better quarterback, just like how I know 10 year olds who they, their favorite player is Justin Jefferson because he gritties and wears sunglasses. I mean, listen, dude, if we're like, doing gritty rankings. You want to compare this guy's gritty to fucking, excuse my language, Mac Jones's <laughs> like it, it's night and day. This guy knows how to hit, hit the gritty. <laughs> Yeah, but he does not hit receivers that are three yards in front of him without well, accidentally that's throwing. The that's what I'm saying, bro. He well, likes him because he gritties. But uh, yeah, the guy from no. three feet away. Zach, Zach no, absolutely Wilson. not. That's why I like that gif. That's not why I like him. <laughs> Zach Wilson's just it's like good. a ha- go ahead. Yeah, no, say I was going to say, say. Listen, if if you guys, if you guys, if somehow like. Tua like got in the end zone and caught a touchdown and then hit the gritty. Like you're telling me you're not. No, I never want to see Tua. I never want to see Tua gritty. He'll pull a a hamstring. And he'll (laughs) never run a route ever. If Tua ran a route, that would just be a disaster. Yeah, someone like texted me. They're chirping me. They're like, he's afraid to run. I'm like, what do you mean? I don't want him. He like he actually he tried running into the end zone this week and he got almost decapitated. Jeremy, were you worried that he was hurt after the play? Because I was. What when we were on when we were on like the five yard line? Yeah, he got ranked. Yeah, yeah. yeah was, he tried juking someone out, and four guys just took his head off. Yeah, I, I think we should talk about real quick how we envision your offense matching up with our defense this week while your offensive line is banged up. I think it's a it's a, obviously goes without saying it's a major advantage for the Jets. Your offense, if your offensive line slowed up a little bit, Quinn and Williams should eat this Sunday, and in doing so. The, the the secondary and the linebackers will have all the time in the world to to cover these receivers. I mean, I, I think I think that creates for really big problems for the Dolphins this Sunday. I agree. I get what you're saying. Me and Jack were talking about it the other day. Like we were just so fired up as a whole about the Dolphins the other day when they lost, just because that was other embarrassing coaching leadership. Everybody was horrible. But like we talked a little bit about Connor Williams going down, like. I'm not saying That's we lost last week. If you want down to, it's a it's a big loss for us, but it, it can't be an excuse. Like you're a team with big aspirations, big expectations. Like I have no trust in our team right now, but like, and I hate Eichenberg, but like, if we're gonna be this legit team that we, I don't know if we think we are anymore. Guys, you have to step up, and like, you can't let you have to game plan around. I think it, it is a, a tough matchup for Eichenberg to be matched up on a guy like 
Quinn Williams. Like, you got to throw doubles. You got to come prepared for a week. And we'll see if a guy like freaking Fangio and McDan they, 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 they scheme this week. So, like, I, I'm actually really curious about the match. I get what you're saying. It could be a big advantage for the Jets, but it's also an opportunity, I believe, for um, the Dolphins to get kind of back on track, give people opportunity to step up and for them to, like, regain some identity. So I don't think it's the absolute worst thing going up against you guys. It's not good. Think about it more from the optimi- optimistic end that Trina is an opportunity for some guys to step up and an opportunity for us to just like figure out in a different way and adjust and overcome adversity. I, absolutely. And I, I respect where you're coming from. Sorry for jumping in, Jack. No, no, you're good. No worries. Go, go I ahead. was going to say, I respect where you're coming from and that makes complete sense. I'll just put it like this. I would say Quinn and Williams is in the top three last guys I would want to see as your offensive line in this. Dude, I'd rather see Quinn, I'd rather see Quinn Williams than the number 94 on our squad. Come on now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Quit it, quit it, quit Listen, you, okay. you're, you're lucky I'm outnumbered out here. Well, you, we both know that's not true. Well, well, first, it is true. First of all, how many – Christian Wilkins, I think he's got six and a half sacks this year. There's no way that – Dude, it's uh, not – Chris, boy, it's that's, about the, that's, that's the narrative I don't seven appreciate and a half. with Quinn and Williams. Everyone knows what Quinn and Williams brings to the table, and it's not all about sacks. You go watch the tape – this guy's double, triple teamed on every play getting through, and whether he gets the sack or not, he's pushing the quarterback out to either Jermaine Johnson, Jonathan Franklin Myers, or Bryce Huff. Someone's swallowing. I, I watched the last two Jets games I have watched were against the Bills and the and the Dolphins, and let me just say, you guys weren't sacking anybody in those games. Really, their pass rush is mid, dude, mid. That's what I'm saying. Okay. And you guys are demoralized. Maybe you guys are all hyped because you guys just beat the Texans and played a great game, but – um. Yeah, I mean, overall, I think this. I think that, like you said, I didn't even know that you guys were on your 13th lineman. I think it really depends on who's out there. I was going to say, the Jets are just such a, at this point in the year, a talent-deficient football team, as are the Buffalo Bills outside of two guys. Uh, but we still have a ton of guys all over the field, and I, and I was just thinking about them. A lot of them might not be playing. So, like, on our offensive line, uh, Connor Williams obviously out. Toronto Armstead and Robert Hunt um, are unlikely to play, which means they're not playing. They're faking injuries. Um, so, like, Austin Jackson's good. Like, I I, I, I say Waddle and Tyreek, but uh, Tyreek might not be playing. Um, Devon Ockchain might not be playing with his toe injury. And uh, defensively, obviously, Phillips is out. Baker's out. Javon Holland might be out. Xavier Howard might be out, who you hate, even though he's a great player. So, I, I think that... It really depends on who's out there. There is a chance. I don't hate. I don't hate Javon Holland. I actually respect Howard. Oh, I was saying Javon Holland. I respect. But what what I'm saying is, if the guy, if Tyreek and Tua are out there, and Javon Holland are out there, and and I believe I know Tua is going to be out there. I believe John Javon Holland is going to be out there. We should win the game. If Tyreek's not out there, I don't think we're that much better than you guys. Like without. All of those guys that I just named, I think with a backup O line and and Waddle is our number one. I think Waddle can go off, but like backup O line, no Waddle, uh, no Devon Ochain. I stay stand in the camp that Raheem Mostert, that Alexander Madison could be doing what Raheem Mostert's doing in our offense. We talked about that last night. Um, and defensively, I mean, without Phillips, you know, Holland, if he doesn't play, without Jerome Baker. Uh, you know, I think we're worse defensively without those guys. And 
We we could be in trouble, man. I'm I'm not gonna lie. So uh, with that being said, uh, can I get some score predictions out of you guys? Um, I can go first. Um, I'm trying to stay optimistic. I'll never say my team is gonna lose or have a tough game on the on live. It's just not gonna happen. But after what happened this week, like we you said, Jack, especially in the earlier segment, that. It's hard to have trust in this team right now, especially when we're depleted, missing a lot of guys. Not an excuse, but um, it's it's hard hard to trust. Divisional game, Jets have nothing to lose. Um, I do think we pull this one out. I think it's gonna be a low scoring game. I think our defense has a big wake up. Was last week was a joke. I hope that it's a little bit of a wake up call. Tyreek doesn't play this offense is terrifying, and then Achan doesn't play. But um, I think it's the Dolphins. We figure it out. Tw- Twenty to ten. Twenty to ten. Sam, listen. You you know where I stand. I think if all things go and fall into place, I think the Jets' defense is going to clamp up and show the league why they're one of the top defenses in all of football. I think the offense is going to step up and build a little bit off last game. Do I think they're going to have a monster performance? No, but do I think they're going to put together a competent offensive performance? Yes. My score prediction. 20 to 17 New York Jets. You guys can't score 20 points. <laughs> Both right. our quarterbacks throwing it to them and for, for touchdowns, and they won't have to. Their defense is going to score 14. Or sorry, 21, 21 to uh, three touchdowns. Right. Yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. Or that's 20. That's sorry, crazy. sorry, sorry, sorry. 20 that's... to 17 New York Jets. J-E-T. Uh, that might even be a worse look. You just got bullied into changing your prediction. I thought I messed up on the math for a second. That was my concern. I mean, I'd expect the guy that thinks Zach Wilson isn't one of the worst quarterbacks he's ever seen to be messing up on math. Um, but then again, you know, we started last – we started the game last season with a safety. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, yep. And, yeah, we were in a tense. You know I thought we were going to lose that game. So I usually have a good read on what goes on. And uh, if you stick around, you will find out the score prediction. Look, this was fun. I was looking forward to this banter. Unfortunately, it was under circumstances of the Dolphins going from AFC favorites Sunday night to terrible Monday night. Uh, But this was fun. Uh, Thank you guys for coming on. And uh, we'll do this again next year. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. And then one thing I just wanted to say, Sam, um, at the end of the day, like I said earlier, all fun and games. I love you, dude, and I do I do respect your optimism with all of your teams. You've had a tough fandom growing up. It's no fun. Your teams all – they all freaking suck, and they're never going to be good. But I appreciate <laughs> – I do appreciate your optimism. I do respect. It's something I'm not capable of doing. I'm very pessimistic. I like thinking the worst, but – for you to have that quality, it's impressive, but it does bring upon a lot of delusion and bias as well. But I do respect the optimism. I appreciate that. And I think, you know, like obviously as we alluded to at the beginning of this segment, and I know we're uh, we're wrapping up here real quick, so I'll, I'll say this very short and blunt. You know, I, I do think obviously that comes with a little bit of delusion, but <laughs> it'll never be anywhere near as delusional as, as some of these giant fans. So quick shout out to Tyler Witt. Quick shout-out to Jake Rabinowitz. Keep doing your thing. The delusional Giants fans killing it out there. Idiots! Jack, (laughs) thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure, and I uh, look forward to our matchup this weekend.
best of luck, fellas, and let's go Jets. Ends up, baby. Ends Thanks up. for having me, Shaq. Yep, no problem. That was a good conversation. Um, look, I think they were. Um, I would have loved to see seen it get more heated. They're more heated, Sam and Jeremy, usually behind the scenes. Me and Sam are not that heated, as he said. You know, I, I, I respect that Jets fans generally know their place. I know on, on Twitter they usually don't know their place, but um, yeah, I, I think that I would have loved to see the conversation get more heated. Look, here's the deal. Um, I'm pretty objective when it comes to the Jets, and I, I was saying earlier, this is a game that the Dolphins better take seriously, and I really question if they're not if they are taking this game seriously. I think there are a bunch of guys who feel sorry for themselves. I think they're an organization that's soft. Uh, I I think that you don't see guys play through injuries that should be playing through injuries, and and the thing with Teron Armstead, from my understanding, is that he actually does play through injuries um, pretty pretty often. Omar Kelly says he's one of the toughest guys he's ever seen play. So, you know, I, I think that if they sit all the guys who are borderline playing this week and they think we need to get this guy healthy and all that, they will lose to the Jets. And if you lose to the Titans and you lose to the Jets back-to-back at home, you are in a world of trouble going into those final three games. Momentum matters. Like we, like, like when we, we, you could talk about momentum is not a force, right? But you saw that Dolphin offense after we gave up that that those eight points in one minute. They were not going to get a first down, and they weren't going to score either after we gave up the second touchdown. They were deflated. You saw it in Kansas City after the offsides call. They didn't get any arc. They couldn't do anything. That stuff matters, and if you lose back, if you go from AFC favorite Sunday night before you played your game against Tennessee to Monday night, you lose the Titans, and then you lose the Jets at home. <laughs> Especially these guys, right? Like that, that. If you lose this Sunday, it shows you you have no heart and don't care about winning. And if you lose two in a row, and you don't have heart and you don't care about winning, this season will be over. You might not even make the playoffs. You might go 9-8 and eight if you lose this Sunday. But that being said, I think it'll be stressful. I, I, I think that it's going to be a stressful game. I don't think it's going to be easy. But I think at the end of the day, the Jets are really, really, really bad. And I, th- I, I do think that the Dolphins find a way to pull this one out. And I'm going to go with the final score being 17-13. to 13. The Dolphins win with a clutch stop in a way more stressful game than it needs to be football game this Sunday. To those of you who made it to the end, um, thank you for listening. And uh, hopefully the episode will be more enjoyable for everyone next week. Um, Fins up.